next week. It will probably be better than this. Have a good one. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The top stories. The organiser of the June 4th vigil tells National Security Police it won't provide information they've requested. The financial secretary says sorry to elderly people left frustrated as they apply for government consumption vouchers. And there are two medals on the badminton court for Hong Kong at the Tokyo Paralympics, but gold proves just out of reach. The group that used to stage the annual June the 4th candlelight vigil says it will not cooperate with a request from National Security Police to hand over financial and staffing information. Members of the Alliance in Support of Patriotic Democratic Movements in China say they're aware of the risk of being prosecuted for not cooperating, but they refuse to help in what they say is an attempt by the authorities to spread fear. The Alliance's vice chair, Chao Hang Tung, accused the police of abusing their power and denied the allegation that the alliance is a foreign agent. If you must say that we are agents of anything, we are the agents of the Hong Kong people's conscience, not the agent of any national interest of any country. Ms Chow says members will meet later this month to discuss whether to disband. The resolution will require will require support from three quarters of those who attend. Police said in response that they're aware that a group has publicly stated that it won't comply with the legal requirement to submit information. In a statement, the force said it would surely follow up on anyone who doesn't comply with such a request. The Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, has apologised for the government's handling of the applications for its consumption voucher scheme, conceding that it caused problems for many elderly citizens. Priscilla Ng has details. Writing on his blog, Mr. Chan said crowds of senior citizens had flocked to a government office in Mongkok last week to resubmit documents for the $5,000 handout. Their applications had been rejected for various reasons such as incorrect or missing information. He said three more service centers would come into operation from tomorrow to cater for around 10,000 people who need to submit supplementary information before the deadline of September the 15th. Meanwhile, the welfare minister, Lao Chi Kuang, said on his blog that the government had almost doubled spending on services for elderly people compared to four years ago. He said the wait for subsidized places at care and nursing homes had fallen from 25 months to 20. At the Tokyo Paralympics, Hong Kong's badminton players have claimed two medals on the final day of the Games. Chu Mankai narrowly missed out on gold in the final of the SH6 event this morning. After losing the first game to India's Krishna Nagar, he won the second to level the match before going down 17-21 to in the decider. Earlier, Daniel Chan secured bronze in the men's WH2 wheelchair badminton event, comfortably beating South Korea's Kim Kyung-hun in the first-place playoff. The world's biggest beef exporter, Brazil, has suspended exports to China after the Agriculture Ministry confirmed two cases of mad cow disease. The authorities say there is no health risk to humans or other animals. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. The samples were collected from meat plants in different regions of the country, but the Brazilian authorities said these were isolated cases of the disease, which developed spontaneously in cattle and posed no risk to humans. They said the decision to suspend exports were part of an animal health pact with China. Despite the assurances from the government, the development has worried the country's powerful agribusiness sector. They fear the ban could last for weeks and extend to other countries in Europe and North America. The mainland and Hong Kong account for more than half of Brazil's beef exports, and Brazil is the biggest provider of beef to Hong Kong. 
The International Union for the Conservation of Nature says 30% of the almost 140,000 species of animals it has assessed are at risk of extinction. It's warning of a major crisis with the planet on the cusp of its sixth mass extinction in half a billion years. The head of the IUCN Red List unit, Craig Hilton-Taylor, says the planet is on the cusp of another mass extinction. He says nearly 40% of sharks and rays are threatened and the future could be bleak for Komodo dragons too. Currently, it's quite safe where it is, primarily protected by the Komodo National Park, which is on an island in, in Indonesia. But uh, because of global warming and climate change, rising sea levels, that species will lose 30% of its habitat in the next 30 to 40 years. But the IUCN says populations can recover if countries commit to sustainable practices. It highlighted the example of tuna, which is bouncing back in some parts of the ocean as a result of conservation measures. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Dozens of Afghan women who staged a protest in the capital of Kabul say the Taliban targeted them with tear gas and pepper spray. The women were demanding the right to work and for women to be included in the Taliban government, as this woman explains. Together with a group of our colleagues, we wanted to go near a former government office for a protest. But before we got there, the Taliban hit women with electric tasers and they used tear gas against women. They also hit women on the head with a gun magazine and the women became bloody. There was no one to ask why. Meanwhile, the head of Pakistan's military intelligence agency, General Faiz Hamid, has been visiting Kabul. He's reportedly been holding talks with Taliban officials about security and the management of the border. The Ethiopian military says it has killed more than 5,600 members of the Tigray rebel forces during their 10-month conflict in the north of the country. Meanwhile, Ethiopia says humanitarian aid is again reaching people in Tigray, though there's been no independent verification of this claim. As the BBC's Kakadanya Bilta reports, the federal government has been coming under increasing international pressure to allow more food and essential supplies into Tigray. According to the UN, they have effectively blocked all aid uh, that's been necessary. That's been necessary for you know hundreds of thousands, even millions of people in Tigray. And uh, by doing though, they are you know uh, putting the people of Tigray under siege. That's the accusation from the UN and other institutions. Uh, but the government has been saying that it's the Tigray forces that have launched attacks along the borders with neighboring regions and effectively bringing the war to those areas that have. Uh, that have been the reason for the blockade of eight. More sport now and in tennis, the world number one Novak Djokovic has moved a step closer to a calendar Grand Slam. He successfully threw his third round match at the US Open. The BBC's Russell Fuller was watching. Yes, that is 24 matches won, four to go to complete the calendar Grand Slam and to become the first man to do so since Rod Laver in 1969. Quite a stressful afternoon for Djokovic against Kane Ishikori, who he'd beaten 16 times in a row before today's match, but he won in four sets in three hours and 32 minutes. In the women's singles, Maria Sakkari of Greece, the French Open semi-finalist, beat Petra Kvitova, twice a quarter-finalist here in straight sets. Bianca and Andrescu, the 2019 champion who couldn't compete last year through injury, has also gone through, along with the Olympic champion Belinda Bencic. And another teenager has been making headlines. 18-year-old Emma Raducanu of Great Britain is into the fourth round, joining Leila Fernandez and Carlos Alcaraz in the men's. 
There's been a major surprise in the women's draw, however, as local favourite Shelv B. Rogers beat Australian top seed Ashley Barty 6-2-1-6-7-6. Formula One is returning to Sanford for the first time in 36 years. The home favourite Max Verstappen in the Red Bull car will be on pole position for tonight's Dutch Grand Prix. This report from F1 commentator Jack Nichols. Despite Lewis Hamilton taking the fight to him and missing out by just four hundredths of a second, Verstappen gave the 70,000 Dutch fans at Zandvoort exactly what they had turned up to see. Even with a technical problem on his final lap, the Dutchman booked his place at the front of the field for tomorrow's race. Potentially crucially, his Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez had a horrible qualifying and will start from the pit lane tomorrow, meaning Verstappen will only have his fans to help him in the battle against Mercedes. In cricket, Rohit Sharma hit a century to give India the edge over England after the third day of the fourth test at the Oval. India closed on 270 for free. That's a lead of 171 runs. The BBC's Eleanor Oldroyd has more details. India have battered themselves into a dominant position. They have a lead of 171 with seven wickets left, thanks to a partnership of 153 between Rohit Sharma and Chiteshwar Pajara. Rohit reached his first overseas test century with a six into the pavilion, and England's bowlers looked bereft of ideas until the second new ball was taken 40 minutes after tea. Immediately, Robinson struck to dismiss Rohit for 127, and five balls later, Pajara followed for 61 to bring the crowd to life. But Kohli and Jadeja survived to stumps and England will resume with the ball just 12 overs old in the morning. India 270 for three at the close. To end the news, the top stories once again. The organiser of the June 4th vigil tells National Security Police it won't provide information they've requested. The financial secretary says sorry to elderly people left frustrated as they apply for government consumption vouchers. And there are two medals on the badminton court for Hong Kong at the Tokyo Paralympics, but gold proves just out of reach. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, value and a new experience.